welcome to Hive Mind podcast series Let's Talk Digital Resilience, where we would like to offer you a chance to enjoy five meaningful conversations led by top experts in the fields of media technologies, online security, and digital well-being. Hive Mind's ambition is to assist you in the journey through the world's latest digital transformations. We're here to support the freedom of expression and the right to verified unbiased information. We bring together a vibrant, truly international community of practice. Thanks to HiveMind, we are turning it into a dedicated online hub for fostering connections between people, providing learning opportunities and facilitating cross-thematic exchanges. Our podcast guests are ready to share some real skills and experience, providing you with useful tips on how to become more mindful of what we do online or how we can protect ourselves and what to consider when using your mobile phone. Because no matter who you are, where you live or what you do, you are still present online, especially now when one way or another you're constantly online. All this is all great with internet giving us so many possibilities and access to vast resources. But does it really all come for free? And are there consequences? What's the real price affecting our daily lives? In our Let's Talk Digital Resilience podcast series, we wish to answer some already raised questions, but also challenge what we think and already know about the internet. We would like to draw your attention to some of the new topics and raise your digital literacy awareness. So let's get connected and resilient together. Episode 5. Game to teach people how to fight online trolls. In this episode, you will hear Jakub Gornicki talking with Tomasz Kriszak about Project HOPE within which a set of tools in the form of an online game was designed to help people tackle negative consequences of internet and social media, such as cyberbullying and propaganda. Tomasz is an expert on cognitive security, trainer and expert on disinformation working previously for Open Society Foundation, OSF Slovakia, and more recently for Gerulata. He has also prepared dozens of media literacy seminars and programs in the past, aimed at the potential impact of misinformation and other public manipulation. More recently, he has had a strong focus on the issue of youth deradicalization. In this episode, Tomasz talks about how Project HOPE came to life and how all of us have encountered some sort of online hate speech or even trolling. We're all vulnerable to it, but only few have knowledge and skills to effectively deal with it. Listen and learn more about the tool itself, its impact, the journey and the struggles. All this resulted in an innovative project, so join us and find out who, according to Tomasz, should change the people or the technology. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Tomasz. Hi, Jakub. How are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Where are you connecting from? I'm connecting from Bratislava, Slovakia. And how is the lockdown situation there? It's getting better. Uh, We have fewer and fewer cases, so I think people are more likely to be outside and do something that is safe. So yeah, it looks more optimistic than a few months ago. But do you have like a proper lockdown situation? What kind of restrictions are there right now? 
officially, yeah, we should be all in lockdown and not going to work and stay at home. But, well, today I had to go to the city with my car and, well, the traffic looked like any ordinary day and it looked like that for a few months now. So I don't think that Slovaks are very much concerned about the current lockdown. So it doesn't seem like we have one, even though it should be in place. Slightly similar situation here where I am in Poland. We are currently technically under the harshest lockdown since many months. Although I have to say that there is some kind of flexibility of people towards interpreting different rules. So tell us a little bit more like what do you do right now? What is your like day job and everything? I work with uh, Open Society Foundation in Bratislava here in Slovakia. Currently I'm working on Project Hope, a whole of positive mm-hmm. engagement, which is an online tool for teachers and students who wants to understand how to confront online people who act like trolls or haters or stalkers or even fanatics. And basically this tool should give the new generation of social media platforms and users the knowledge that we can use these technologies safely, more constructively, and it's more like a next level to media literacy, like making people aware that you can win an argument with a troll, you can get back some friend who became a fanatic because he was under such a strong influence of propaganda that he is uh, a different person now. So it's more like bringing some hope to people who think that, oh, this information has completely changed our society and we can't do anything about it. I see. Okay, so let's now debunk all of this, you know, like not debunk, but dismantle into pieces. So first of all, for how long are you working on this? I'm with the organization for three years now. I've been working on this project for the past two years. And in the past six months, we've been doing the programming and setting up the online page for the whole project. Was there any specific like incident which led you to create this or just more like a general look at how technology is used or not used? Actually, it was a kind of a process because in 2017, when in Slovakia, we really witnessed a great emergence of hate speech online. So many people thought like, oh, something needs to be done. And in that year, a new initiative was created, which is called I Am Here, inspired by the Swedish initiative of the same name. And it's a bunch of people who are trying to civilize the debates in online space. In 2020, I just realized like having these initiatives is not enough and we need to make sure that people are, I wouldn't say trained, but more experienced in having these conversations with people online. So creating a tool which would then serve as a kind of a learning instrument for the public and for the new generation became like a a visionary project for me. I'm just glad that we managed to finalize it as it was a very bumpy road to get to this point. Okay, so what does the tool do exactly? It gives you the chance to create an avatar who becomes a citizen of a divided city in 2025 in our near future. And there you just have to confront the groups like trolls, haters, fanatics and the stalkers and have conversations with them. And in those conversations, you basically learn the basic principles and values of how you should engage people online in order to achieve certain goals. Like, for instance, if you are having a conversation with a stalker, he will be probably trying to get 
your personal data or personal information. And you have to be very careful not to allow him to do that. With these conversations, people get to know like what are the risks that they can be facing online and what are the ways how to avoid those risks. For instance, when you are talking with a troll or hater, it's more about giving him a different approach than most of the trolls and haters are given currently. Like you don't really uh, see him as your enemy. You don't see him as someone you should delete, block or hate back. But rather you see him as a someone who is lacking respect from others and you should treat him with respect. And maybe this process will actually show him that it's okay to have respect to others and not to be troll. Eventually you're going to change that person back into a normal person who doesn't really obey in a way uh, of troll or hater. Basically that's the logic and that's the dynamic behind the project. Was this like how it's supposed to be looked like from the beginning or did you have different iterations while you were working on it? Well, first I was thinking that it would be sufficient to work only with one archetype of this negative element that the player would have a conversation with and eventually be able to win over and bring peace and harmony to this divided city. But then we realized that it doesn't really work that way because the negative phenomena that are present in uh, current infosphere are many and they vary. So we had to create more of these archetypes, negative archetypes. Since then we created four of them. With that, we just realized okay so now what we have the archetypes we have the scenario and now how to make this a working concept that would be then used by students who would like it who would go back to it and would get something from it because some of these projects already exist in the world they are trying to bring more attention to the topic and bring some uh, education but they might be boring for the students so yeah like not being boring was <laughs> one of the obstacles that we have to overcome and i'm just hoping we did that <laughs> Uh, but you said uh, that it was also a bumpy road, you know, getting there. Like, what did you mean by this? Mainly the big issue were finances. We had money from uh, one project, but uh, as we start working with a production studio where the programmers who did the content of the online page, I realized like setting up this kind of project deserves and needs maybe a five times bigger budget than what we had at our hands. This created a lot of stress and a lot of reasons why it took us two years to complete the project, not six months like we expected it will need. Another big obstacle was that I never actually did anything of this scale before. Creating, for instance, all these conversations was something new for me and I had to work a really long time to get it right. And then there have been many mistakes and it was not only time consuming, but also energy consuming. And at some point I just really thought like, oh, I should better give up and sacrifice this project and never finish it and just leave it. There were people who were like, oh, come on, like you did so much work on that. And the supportive team, not only around me, but around the whole project, made sure that we ended up in the finish line. But it was a bumpy road, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say scale, what do you exactly mean? Was it the scale of a time you needed, the impact scale? You said that this was a big scale for you. So what angle? Firstly, I really thought like I would just write a few texts, few conversation branches, and that would be all, and we would have the product. Like that was the original idea. But the more we worked on it, we realized that we need, for instance, new graphics, we need new mechanics. 
the player, if he does not respond correctly, he can lose a life. I thought like, whoa, this is a very easy game mechanics, giving free lives to a player, and when he makes mistakes, he loses a life. But then when we worked on it, we just realized like, oh, this is like two weeks work, we need to input into the project, and we didn't really count with it. So the scale was in details, like things that looked small and like not an issue at all, uh, became bigger and bigger, and in the end, we really needed to work with this professional studio and people who were very, uh, I would say, senior in programming and working on similar projects. When we started, this was not really occurring to me. I see. What happened when you finally launched it? What were the reactions? I would say it's uh, very well perceived, mainly because of the graphics. Uh, we worked with Slovak comic book creator and drawer Arterenjak. His style is very expressive and it's eye-catching. So I think most of the people who like the game right now uh, like it mostly because of the graphics, because he created these concepts for trolls and everything. But I still see more to be done on the content side. So many people really like how it looks, but I don't really feel like the students are getting all the possibilities that should be uh, maybe in our updated version of the game. We are still thinking about how to rearrange the text so in the end we would getting reactions that we know that the students are actually moving with their attitude in the areas that we want to open with them. Like how to be brave enough to have empathy in online space. Like I would really like to see more progress on that one but it's something that might need also a more human approach. Maybe this can't be really achieved by a game itself. It's at least opening some doors uh, in the consciousness of young people and I'm really happy about that. How did you spread it? Did you just like, let's say, launched it and went to social media and say, hey, it's here? Or did you have some, like a bigger campaign around it? We really worked under the budget. So a big campaign was out of question. And therefore we just realized that let's work with very well chosen target group. And in this case, it was teachers. They bring it to these online schooling hours they have with their students. Basically, we reach our target group through teachers and we work with them because there's plenty of groups on Facebook for instance where you have like hundreds of teachers and hundreds of schools and we go and we directly promote the idea that you can come and join a webinar where the creator of the game will explain you the dynamics and how you can use it with your students. Many of the teachers are actually interested because the COVID and the lockdown closed the schools in Slovakia for six months which I think is the longest in European Union maybe in the whole world hard to say but because of that the teachers were really happy that they have one more tool which is really a fun to work with and looks nice and they can present it to their students and it's something new not boring so basically we were targeting uh, teachers and we made sure that they would not only be informed about the platform but also get the info that yes they can have a private meeting with the creator of the game and he would give them all the information they might need in order to work with the tool properly did you think about targeting different target group than teachers the other one are their students and in order to get to them we also printed out a lot of posters and stickers so there's promotional items but since the schools are closed the distribution of those items is still waiting to happen <laughs> or waiting to have impact so it's difficult because it seems like in online space everyone is connected and everything is connected in regards of marketing it doesn't really give you that much chances to do campaigns that would be as effective as the ones 
else you can do offline. I think that once we are after COVID and we would be then able to do workshops in schools physically, that would be even better. And I think that eventually, if we have more branches in those scenarios that we already created, it would also give us space to maybe reach out to another target groups. Because empathy and using facts and being able to communicate online the way that would help increase social cohesion, I think this is something that should be taught or maybe shown not only to students, but even the rest of the population as well. We are all unprepared for using digital technologies the way we should be knowing to use them. Do you think it's better to change the technology we use or teach people how to use it better? I'm a big fan of Hideo Kojima and Tristan Harris. I still feel that technology is a man-made thing and should serve men. I wouldn't be changing or bending humans in order to have better technology. I think the technology should be the one changing and shifting in order to serve humans and their needs. Is there, is there, do you see any positive changes made recent when it comes to technology? Not really. I mean, I see maybe the world today through the perspective of works of people like Shoshana Zubov, who mm-hmm. speaks about very dystopian scenario where we are going through this surveillance capitalism. Even though there are very needed initiatives and regulations like EDMA or DSA, I still feel that we are far from making a needed impact. To make that more clear or give an example, I see data from CrowdTangle and other monitoring tools every day and I'm horrified like what kind of content is the popular one, what kind of content people are not really even knowing that exists, which is something that informs us about the reality objectively. And on the other hand, a lot of very bad content is mostly seen by majority of the online population and I see a big issue in that. What about emerging technology? Like a lot is shifting, for example, into conversations, whether, for example, audio conversation, chat conversations, whether it's mess, like those messenger apps and so on. They are also associated more with the target group you are addressing, I think, which is young people. Yeah. Still hurts me when I say it. But are you observing there, like, for example, the nature of the conversation is different than on the tools, let's say, we were, like you and me, were brought into the digital world, which were primarily Twitter, Facebook, and let's say the social media 1.0. There is certainly a shift, but I don't see it as a major shift. I see it more like a a controlled shift by big tech companies who were the ones who in the first place created the problems that we are trying to fix now. And they are in control of these new platforms and they are setting the principles that define how users are shaped by those technologies. I don't really feel that principles are homocentric, like they are centered around human beings, they are rather centered around other aspects. Even platforms like Clubhouse uh, didn't really uh, persuade me that they are improving the possibilities of human communication. What I really like in these communication platforms is that they are not really achieving creation of what I call meaningful connections. A lot of the time and a lot of the effort that is being spent online is just wasted time or it's something people do because they feel like they are bored and they have this compulsory need to come back to that technology and just use it for whatever reason they can get uh, the dopamine from those reactions. So I still feel like it needs a principal change of perspective of how technology is being designed. And these new platforms, they are just like variation of the old issue. So what do you advise to people, you know, who I don't know, let's say are community managers or people who are undergoing some kind of a troll slash hate attack? What to do in such situations? 
maybe the most important thing is to be well aware of who we really are inside and once we are able to grasp that those attacks from the outside shouldn't do really a thing to us even though they can be very mean and very destructive so for me the most important thing is even if i work with students is that i try to boost their confidence but this healthy confidence of knowing who you are and understanding yourself and accepting yourself and once that is done those outside attacks are really something very different to each of those people this should go also for the communicate for the organizations which in effect can do this through strategic communication through building their fan base through communication that is very clear and transparent uh, some haters some trolls are even weaponized even now russian propaganda which is a big issue all across the world is weaponizing trolls who are nasty who are attacking uh, common people politicians people from the industry and there is no better strategy than to ban those people and remove them from the position of being able to attack you but that is like a very different issue but also there is like a third way how to deal with this and it's all because every troll every hater they are in some kind of aspect of their own essence and activity quite different like the one can be just a sad person who needs a conversation and maybe needs a virtual hug a person who is attracting such people can work with them constructively and this is why we have this game hope because this is the explanation of how you can make people who are trolls and haters into nice people again because you will show them empathy and respect and acceptance but on the other hand you have these weaponized trolls who are often paid for what they are doing or they have some other agenda and there is no means of uh, giving them space for empathy and help and etc so it is more about understanding like what are the patterns behind the actions of these people and then when you know like okay this is like authentic troll and this is paid troll you can then decide like what strategy to use okay so you mentioned it once i, w I waited to bring it up but i'm just curious like what is the impact you know the most important question in the non-profit sector how do you see it and do you see it I think that we did an impact on opening the debate for broad public. I take it as a start. For me, the impact, sufficient impact, would be if we had more people who I call active digital citizens, people who are deliberately spending their time online not to waste it on, I don't know, uh, some compulsory activity, but create some positive engagement in our society, make sure that they go into that space to, for instance, go into discussions where they see that people are racist or spreading disinformation and they are nicely and patiently making sure that those people that particular audience or part of public are being informed the way that can be described as objective empathetic uh, nice and constructive so for me the impact would be achieving this change and transformation of passive digital citizens to active digital citizens and what future plans do you have for it I want to work in a field where we would be able to create these communities because our product right now is more like a start. I would say a description of how to make someone aware how to be active digital citizen. But what needs to be done next is to create a platform that would motivate people to stay this way, to have this hook that, oh, I can belong to a community of people who are actually nice. Because this is something that is being done on the, I would say, other side of society. Like everywhere I see people turning into radicalized or 
or more angry uh, versions of themselves, I see like it's being done systematically. Like there are patterns of red pilling and people are being changed, transformed into worse selves of themselves. I think that we can rearrange this whole concept and mechanic and just use it the way that people would be turning into better versions of themselves in communities that would be set on values of liberal democracy. And, you know, it's more about setting up the right design. So this is what I want to do next. And I'm just hoping it will be achievable since, for instance, in Slovakia, we have many organizations that are doing this kind of work. And most recently, there, there's this initiative or a company called Gerulata, and they are doing a lot of monitoring software. And I think that they have this potential to actually start creating these online communities that can achieve this change in society. Well, great. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk. How did the whole process looked like? It looks really interesting. I'm always really curious to hear also about different experiments. How do we force the technology, as you said, to better serve us rather than us fighting with it? I hope all the listeners will also, if they have any questions and you would like links to see uh, Tomasz's work, you can see that in the description of the podcast later on. So thank you very much, Tomasz. Thank you, Jakub. HiveMind is an inclusive, cutting-edge online platform designed to harbor the international community of practice. HiveMind is offering the space for showcasing your creativity and hosts various useful online resources, for example, safe-based courses on digital safety and security. We foster the initiatives focused on providing support to activists, leaders of local communities, as well as to non-governmental organizations, journalists, educators, senior citizens, librarians, and the youth. In today's digital world, our freedom of information is continuously challenged by newly sophisticated misinformation and disinformation tactics. That is why we are here to shine a light and assist you in safe, verified and unbiased digital transformation. HiveMind is designed to support by building media literacy skills through civil society and in communities where people come together to form trust and social ties. Dive in for inspiration, learning and sharing. Stay connected. Be resilient. Join us www.hive-mind.community